Hello everyone, this is Dr. April Jasper, Chief Optometric Editor of Optometric Management Magazine. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the In Focus Up Close with Presbyopia podcast series. Today, we're pleased to have with us Dr. Amanda Nanasi, an optometrist with the Florida Institute of Sports Vision and the Eye Center in Florida. Amanda, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, April. So in today's podcast, Amanda and I are gonna talk about presbyopia and women. So Amanda, before we get started, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself, your practice, and some of the things you like most about your practice. Ooh, sure thing. So uh, I am co-owner of a six doctor practice in Pembroke Pines, Florida. We are a primary care practice with many subspecialties. My subspecialty happens to be sports vision and neurorehabilitation. And we also have dry eye and myopia control. We see kids, we see adults, we see all of the different members of the family from start to finish. And it's, it's great being able to give specialty care, but also getting to see so many different types of patients. I think that's one of my favorite things about, about the eye center. So Amanda, we've been talking in this series about presbyopia, what it is, how to increase awareness. We talked a little bit about marketing and then some of the ways people present to our offices that have presbyopia. So today I wanted to review specifically how women are affected by presbyopia. And so, you know, who better to talk about it than you and I, right? Absolutely. So let's just dive right in. So how is presbyopia different for women and what should we be thinking about specifically for our female patients? So it's, it's such an interesting question that you pose because of course my first thought was, you know, women and men are, are virtually the same as far as their, their presbyopic needs because women are doing the same things that men are in the workforce. And then to be a good doctor, you would still be able to treat them the same, but to be a great doctor and to really, you know, tune in to what's important to them, what's affecting them, and also to be the best practice manager and know the importance that women can have on driving the healthcare of the whole family, I think it's great to look at women a little bit differently in this category. So do you think that women are more or less likely to bring up presbyopia at their annual eye health evaluation? I believe they are more likely to bring it up. And one of the reasons for that really stems, at least in my mind, on the fact that women are the healthcare decision makers for not only themselves, but, but many of their family members, their, their kids, and even sometimes piping in on their husband's care, as a lot of us know. So they're a little bit more comfortable with having conversations with doctors, even if it's something that they feel unsure about or unconfident about. They, they sometimes are a little bit more likely to say, hey, this is happening to me. Is this normal? Is there anything that I can do about it? Where some of my male patients, uh, you know, I'll see that they're, they're maybe 42. They didn't mention anything about up close. And they say, yeah, you know, sometimes it's a little bit blurry, but I'm fine. I feel like I can have a little bit more of an open dialogue with some of my female patients. You know, another thing that you and I have talked about before, as far as presbyopia is concerned, is the fact that it can be an emotional experience when you first start to experience this. Do you think that 
women have different emotional uh, thoughts or the experience is different? And what specifically, what emotions do you see in the patients that come into your practice when they start to experience presbyopia? Well, unfortunately, it's always the bad emotions, right? They're they're yeah. either frustrated that they can't see or, or they're sad, right? Because they feel like they're... Their knowledge about reading glasses is, you know, my mom wears them or my grandma used to wear them. And it, it's right around that time of life where, you know, and this is this is actually me sitting very close to home because I turned 40 this year, you know, that they're starting to use extra wrinkle cream. And now all of a sudden they're having a hard time seeing up close. And just to make it even more emotional, when so many people have been living in a, a virtual world this past year, they're looking at themselves on Zoom all day. So not only are they more conscious of their appearance, but they're also more conscious about the issues that they're having when they're spending a lot of time at near. So that that's one of the biggest differences, I think, between women and men is we have that emotional connection to I'm getting older and this is one of the things that goes with it. Absolutely. The, the other thing I think that is a, a common occurrence, at least in my practice, is I, I don't know that they accept it better or more readily, but they accept the fact that maybe they need help. What do you think about that? Are they more accepting of the fact that something's going on? I think that they are, um, especially if I can give them options that they are okay with. <laughs> you right. know, if, if my only answer was readers, then they'd probably not be okay with it. But if I say, you know, what if you can keep wearing your contacts, but we just put you in a different type of contact? Or what if, you know, you can still wear your glasses that look the same and they don't have a, a line, they don't have a bifocal on them, but you'll be able to get through your day without feeling fatigue. And especially for early presbyopes, I like to to be able to say that it's not, I know that you're not totally blurry and you don't need help yet, but wouldn't you like to have a little bit less fatigue and be a little bit more comfortable? And it's almost like training wheels for them, getting used to the idea that presbyopia is happening, but we're just gonna give them a little bit of extra help in the beginning to get them used to the changes that they're gonna go through with, with us, right? Right. Well, you bring up a, a big, uh, interesting point, and that is there are options available, but do you find that women come in knowing more of those options ahead of time, or are they really just coming in saying, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do. Amanda, you've got to help me. It's a mixed bag. I think I have a lot of people that come in and say, that they they know that there's an option because their coworker or their friend or someone has had the same situation. And then other people, they come in with just the knowledge of what their relatives and their older family members have had. And I think that as optometrists, if we can get that info to them before presbyopia happens, that's really the key because then when it does start to happen to them, they know that there are treatment options. It may mean that they visit you sooner rather than having all of those frustrated frustration and other emotions that they're going through. They'll say, all right, you know, Nancy told me about this a couple of years ago and it's finally starting to happen. And, and they're a little bit less hesitant. And they, 
I do have patients that, that get in the chair and um, I walk in and they say, okay, it's happening. You told me it was going to happen and it, it finally is. And, and we kind of laugh about it and then we move forward. I love that. You're right. It does make it easier for us to communicate with our patients in upcoming years, but it makes it a little less stressful for them. It's still emotional, as you said, mm -hmm. but at least a little bit less stressful. So of the treatments that we have currently to offer to our patients without getting necessarily specific about brand or anything like that, do you think that women favor one treatment option over another? And if so, what option do you see being most attractive to them and why? Contacts are, are my go-to. And I'll say that if it's someone that's already been wearing contacts, it's an easy conversion because I, I just changed the type of lens that they're in. And for those other women that maybe haven't worn contacts before and they have been in glasses, and again, they're at that place where they're trying to look more youthful and I can give this to them as an option, it's just an added bonus. How about if I can take care of that blurry vision or that fatigue? And what if sometimes you don't have to wear your glasses? And it, I, I think that we have to remember that it doesn't have to be the permanent solution, whatever it is we come up with. Maybe they wear glasses during their work week, but then I give them multifocal contacts for going out at night. And I, I had a, it's actually a male patient in my chair this morning that was talking about the fact that when he sits at the the table with his wife, he can't look at her and see his paper. And that conversation was happening when he was 55. <laughs> so I'd like to think that most of my women patients would bring that up sooner and they would be so happy to not have to wear glasses. Absolutely. And it's easier many times for us if we can have that conversation earlier because we can move them into uh, simpler treatment options moving forward. Yeah, that's so true. Okay, so here you go. Here's another one for you, Amanda. What life experiences do you hear about really from our uh, female patients that are the most challenging for them to deal with when experiencing presbyopia? And you talked about one that's new to us just in the last 12 months. Is that really what you're hearing the most or are there other life experiences that seem to be the most um, difficult and challenging? That's the most common that I hear right now. But the thing that I always mention to patients and it's because I have young kids myself and again, I'm right, uh, right almost at 40 and it's always the kids that come up and put things right, right in your face, right in front of you. Mom, look at this and you have to pull it back. So just those, those challenges of not only balancing a job, but a family and helping the kids with their schoolwork. And maybe even if someone has a job that they're not looking at tiny print all day, but then they have to help the kids out with their homework. Uh, and then the people that, like we said, are on the, the computer all day. And even if they're in the, the medical field, now we're not only dealing with interactions with patients, but looking at charts, they have to, yesterday someone was talking to me about being able to read a needle, uh, read a gauge on a needle to be able to help the patients and how she hated to have to, you know, pick her head up to look through the bottom of the segment. And we talked to her about contact lenses and one difference between men and women. And, and it actually goes back to this, this guy that I saw that was a very tall, uh, man in his fifties 
even though you and I, April, are both taller for women, uh, a lot of women are more petite in stature. So we have to think about the fact that when they're holding something, it may be closer to them than if a guy, you know, has longer arms and is holding something. And I was looking for some, some good data to share with you today. And a lot of the studies that I found go back to 2012 but they talk about the, the differences in how women do tend to need presbyopic corrections sooner, but it's not because their focusing system is any different, but it's their tasks that they're doing during the day, as well as the proximity that they like to hold their material that makes them need that help sooner. So that's something else that we need to take into consideration is not only if our patients are female and what their age is, but what they're doing during the day. And, and that kind of guides our best correction option. And that, yeah, that brings up another point, which you, you brought up the fact that the daily activities make a huge difference. And, and maybe our daily activities are still somewhat different as women than men, but what about the age of the woman that is coming in to see you? So I, I, I try to think that I'm way younger than I am, but the reality <laughs> is I'm about 10 years older than Amanda. <laughs> and so how is it that I will, as a female patient with presbyopia, present to you, Amanda, in, in the office, as opposed to uh, the 41 year old? Well, I would, I would like to think that you may expect the change a little bit more just because we, we know what, what our family members have gone through where it's not even the 41-year-old the patient but like the 38-year-old patients. That I'm getting presbyopes that are younger and younger just because of all of the, the demands that their, their system is just really wearing down. And I think that, that sometimes they might be the most frustrated of everyone are, are those, the younger new presbyopes. But I think that no matter what the age of the patient, and if, again, if you put me and April standing next to each other, you would never know that, that I'm younger than April. And I think that that's the world that we're living in now. Age is just a number. What matters is how you look, how you feel, what your day-to-day -day demands are, and that's what we need to really consider to give the best care to our patients. That is so true. And if you think about it, you know, our day isn't over until we put our head to the pillow. And so there is so much that's still happening after the Zoom calls, after the webinars, after seeing patients if you're an optometrist and you know, then the next step is what about going out at night and, and what demands and what needs will we need to, you know, fill for our patients at that point too. So yeah, Amanda, you have made me think and I love that. <laughs> Hopefully we've made our audience think. And uh, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you sharing with us. It's so real. It's so true. It's just so happening today. And uh, so, Amanda, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thanks for being here for our audience. Absolutely. It's always great talking to you, April. And thank you to our listeners for joining today's podcast. We sure hope that you'll tune back in for future episodes of the In Focus Up Close with Presbyopia podcast series.